G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. An update with the Australian Christian Lobby and today Dan Flynn, the Victorian State Director of the Australian Christian Lobby is joining us. Hello Dan, welcome back to 2020. Uh, Thanks very much Neil, pleased to be here. Uh, Dan, let's uh, hit a little bit of good news with the defeat of that euthanasia bill in the Senate last week. Uh, Senator David Lionhelm had that one... uh, in the Senate, uh, the idea of restoring rights to the territories, the Northern Territory and the ACT. Uh, what are your impressions about how things unfolded last week? It was an excellent result, Neil. Uh, you had some powerful advocacy by uh, in, a couple of Victorian doctors in particular, Stephen Parnas uh, and John Daffy from St Vincent's. Uh, their uh, testimony, their concerns uh, resonated with a number of senators. Uh, their lobbying last week was very effective. Uh, and uh, really got things across the line. Um, I, I think this points out, Neil, just how uh, people need to stick with these conversations with senators and MPs. Um, I was with these doctors speaking to a senator a week earlier, and, and that senator told us, look, your arguments won't cut through. Uh, concerns about Indigenous people in the Northern Territory not seeking, um, not attending hospitals for fear of euthanasia, that argument won't cut through. But it did. And, uh, uh, you know, I congratulate these doctors uh, and all others uh, who were involved in this advocacy. And when you reflect on things like this, and it is a positive, uh, it's a win for a position that Christians would typically take, Dan, where we value human life and we say euthanasia is bad. And undoubtedly, there'll be listeners to the, the program, listeners to our conversation today who perhaps did get in touch with their local member, their local senator, and they did make their voice known. Uh, it just goes to show, doesn't it, that uh, when people are in the ear of their representatives, uh, uh, good things can happen when it comes to these very significant issues. Yes, and providing their argument is coherent. One of the uh, startling aspects of this euthanasia debate uh, was that a number of senators said that they met uh, doctors uh, and uh, advocates supporting euthanasia, but their case made no sense and they changed their minds uh, to actually oppose euthanasia. Uh, in particular, um, Marshall Perrin, uh, who was an MP in the Northern Territory, um, met with a senator who favoured euthanasia. Uh, uh, apparently, according to reports, um, you know, admitted there was something wrong uh, with the previous Northern Territory legislation on this point. And the senator concluded, well, how could this be any different? There'll be problems here as well. So um, there were a couple of stories of um, uh, pro-euthanasia advocates whose advocacy went badly. So... Um, it's, it's a call to us all, I think, to be uh, sharp and professional uh, in the way we advocate for our cause. Well, it was a narrow defeat, uh, 36 votes to 34. It was a conscience vote. Uh, there are some plans ahead for a new bill in the lower house. So even though there's a victory in the Senate, uh, the whole battle's not yet over. Uh, no doubt there'll be somebody putting forward a bill in the lower house, Dan. Oh, look, potentially, potentially, um, I think the reality is, as we turn the corner into an election year, that uh, 
uh, we may have really stopped this contagion. Uh, we need to be very vigilant, but uh, the, the current consensus of public narrative is that euthanasia is a harmful and dangerous thing, and Victoria is actually uh, somewhat of an outlier. So I think that's where things sit at the moment. Uh, it's unlikely that a private member's bill in the lower house will get any airtime before the election. Let's move on. A possible leadership spill in the Liberal Party, and of course there are supporters of Peter Dutton who say that the Home Affairs Minister is leaning towards challenging Malcolm Turnbull. This is the big story today and probably through this week. <clears throat> Neil, you know, in terms of the Australian Christian Lobby's position, um, you know, we obviously would encourage uh, your listeners to take this very prayerfully. Uh, because we know that First uh, Timothy chapter 2 encourages us to pray for kings and those who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet life in all godliness and reverence. So when there is change, potential change on like this, I think for Christians uh, it's a great time to pray and ask God to um, uh, make sure we have the leadership uh, that enables us to live godly lives and to enjoy religious freedom uh, and good leadership. Uh, so um, that's how, you know, we consider this. Uh, we certainly don't take sides in these type of things, although, um, you know, we're conscious that politics is a lot about popularity. And when there are polls like a um, the Ipso poll that just came out, an election around the corner, it's fascinating to see, um, you know, what changes may be considered uh, because if a, a party is going to win an election, they've got to be popular. And uh, it is quite fascinating to watch and, um, yeah, great, a great cause for prayer. Of course, uh, divided parties, uh, recipe for non-success, as someone will say. Uh, there is uh, the issue, though, here, isn't there? There are divisions within the Liberal Party, and uh, let's take that more broadly across the yeah. coalition. And yeah. uh, oftentimes those who are considered to be, like, more on the right, or the far right, people will say, uh, those conservatives, oftentimes uh, there are those who are holding to a Christian faith that are gravitating to that section. And that seems to be the point of contention here. There is a certain issue here, isn't there, when uh, faith is a part of uh, some of these issues that go on in the in the government? Um, yeah, that's, a, that's a, a good observation, I think, Neil. Um, you know, the underlying issue here, or the trigger issue, seems to be energy policy, and, you know, this uh, emissions reduction target of 26% uh, by 2030, um, whether that's achieved by legislation or now, as the Prime Minister says, by regulation, that's, that's the underlying issue that's triggered this discussion. So um, people's view on climate change, um, on, on the Paris uh, Agreement, um, uh, yeah, are often um, deeply philosophical matters. So uh, we can see um, uh, groups within the party um, consider things along those lines. Okay, let's move on. Something really, really controversial has developed. Uh, just a week and a half ago, we had a guest on 2020, Dr. Quentin Van Meter, an American pediatric endocrinologist uh, who was in Australia and exposing the lack of science around this whole issue of transgender. 
and they had a series of meetings around the country last week and on Friday night they, they were due to speak at the University of Western Australia. There had been a lot of complaints about that but the university was holding firm and they were going to continue to uh, have this particular uh, speech because they were considering uh, the importance of free speech. That meeting did not go ahead on Friday night. What are, what are your thoughts about uh, what's happened there, Dan? Look, I think it was quite cowardly for the University of Western Australia to cancel that meeting. Um, they had made a statement the day before uh, saying that this should go ahead, uh, that we uh, support uh, free speech, that it would set a bad precedent to cancel this event. Um, uh, I think there was, there was wriggle room in that statement that I detected at the time saying that we have further to go on this discussion. Um, and then to um, void the contract with uh, uh, Quentin Van Meter on the basis that uh, some document had not been filed by 5pm the, the previous day, uh, I think was a, um, you know, like a, a, effectively a traffic infringement. Um, and, you know, uh, if it had been a speaker on the left, um, I expect that that would not have uh, been a problem. The document would have been provided in a timely manner, perhaps the next day. Um, and uh, that gave them uh, an excuse to cancel this. Uh, underlying it all was that the University of Western Australia uh, did not want this event held there and, and uh, were grateful for the opportunity to cancel it. Um, but, you know, this message must get out uh, that there are two genders, male and female, um, and that uh, the idea that uh, to assert that simple truth uh, is now some uh, sort of chaotic hate speech uh, is is outrageous. And the cancelling of this and the threats of protests um, create fear in people in raising these simple propositions in their workplace and in their communities. So it's a very bad precedent. And um, uh, I hope Dr Van Meter, um, uh, you know, I hope he gets more meetings uh, in Australia um, and overseas. And I hope uh, that uh, groups like the Australian Christian Lobby, AFA, uh, are successful in bringing speakers uh, just to declare this very plain truth. Uh, we're, now, we're now fighting for gender. We were fighting for the definition of marriage. Um, to think that we're now fighting for the definition of male and female um, is quite troubling. It is troubling, and uh, the university, uh, they are holding firm on the idea that uh, they're holding to principles of freedom of expression. And it might be a little bit of uh, crying into the wind here because I'm not sure that sounds like it really is true. What are your thoughts on uh, universities and their claims of, uh, you know, uh, holding those principles of freedom of expression? Uh, this doesn't seem to be the case whenever those sorts of meetings are cancelled. I agree with that, Neil. I think the administration of these universities need to be a lot stronger. I think they tend to pander to... Uh, the uh, the noisy uh, progressive left, um, but they should hold a firm position in the middle uh, and allow both sides of the debate to be heard. Okay, Dan, I don't want to let you go without talking a little bit about Victorian politics. You are the Victorian state leader of the Australian Christian Lobby. You've got your finger on the pulse to the, some of the things that are heating up in Victoria ahead of a state election coming up in November. Uh, last week, the Victoria Police announced that its fraud squad was investigating the Labor Party's misuse of $388,000 of public money during the 2014 election campaign. Uh, what are your thoughts on the way those things are being 
handled in Victoria. Uh, there are some challenges, aren't there, ahead of the election coming up? Look, absolutely, Neil. The uh, police raids, pre-dawn raids on a number of workers uh, uh, for the Labor Party in the, in the 2014 election uh, is a concerning development. Of course, they're entitled to the presumption of innocence, and um, but the turmoil associated with that, uh, you know, probably doesn't play well for the government in this election cycle. Um, the Australian Christian Lobby, uh, we are wanting to raise the issue very much to the forefront about safe schools. Um, we want safe schools abolished. We want either Premier Daniel Andrews to abolish it. Um, uh, that, that, that's principally what we see. Um, and uh, we are raising this issue at this time in the election. Um, safe schools does teach children that their gender is fluid. Uh, it encourages cross-dressing and links to the Harmful Minus 18 website. We want to see that go. Uh, we will have volunteers uh, speaking to people in a number of electorates about these concerns, raising awareness about this harmful policy that is running rampant in our schools in Victoria. Uh, just while we're on this safe schools issue, and this, of course, is connected uh, with the conversation we were having about Dr Quentin Van Meter and this whole issue of transgender, uh, safe schools teaches that. And throughout Victoria, the Premier, Daniel Andrews, has been adamant of supporting and funding the safe schools program to be taught in schools everywhere in Victoria. Do you know just how far and how extensive this safe schools has become throughout your state? I would say it's about 98% saturation in high schools and uh, it's, it's extensively in primary schools. Um, you know, the, the documents that uh, form the basis of this uh, include, um, you know, preparation uh, for teachers to respond to community responses. For example, if someone asks why a boy is wearing a girl's uniform, the guide says that the teacher should explain that the student is a girl uh, and that you and that the teacher wants her to feel as comfortable as possible. So the idea that someone is identifying as a girl, then they are a girl, uh, is the mantra. And this is being pushed hard uh, by the Andrews government. And it's a matter that's really concerning parents uh, and uh, voters generally when they know about it. Um, and I think particularly the ethnic communities, uh, when they become aware of this, uh, uh, they are very, very concerned about it. And, of course, the biggest thing there when you cut through all of the hype is that uh, it's science that's on the side of uh, the idea of binary, boys and girls, uh, and it's ideology that is trying to make those waters murky. Uh, Dan Flynn, always appreciate your great insights. Dan Flynn is the Victorian State Director of the Australian Christian Lobby. Let me point people to the ACL website. It's acl.org.au. Uh, that's where you can find lots of great resources that give you Christian perspectives on the developing political agenda that is around so many of our states and territories and across the whole nation. Dan, thank you so much for taking some time to share your thoughts with us today on 2020. My pleasure, Neil. Thank you. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.